hey guys, brand new podcast, just sitting in my man cave, minding my own business, not really sure if I'm going to do a sketch this weekend. Wait, who's that walking out to the man cave? Why, it's my good friend Tom Segura. Let me let him in. Hey Tommy, come on in. How you doing, buddy? What's on your mind? I'm sorry that I'm fat. I just realized how fat I was. It's ridiculous. Sometimes I just look in the mirror and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I think we all have those moments, Tom. I think this whole fat shaming campaign has really like shined a light on how I can sometimes live unhealthy too and let myself go. But thank God we did it because I'm feeling good, man. I'm down 25 pounds. Here, let me show me. Take my shirt off real quick. Look at you. Yeah. The thing that is, it's not so much about working out. For me, it's diet. And that's where I go off the rails on the road. So I'm kind of eating lean proteins and mostly greens and just drinking vodka sodas. What about you? How you been eating? I did go out to eat. Eat another fat person. You ate a human being? Tom, not only is that illegal to murder someone, but it's got to be tough on you. I mean, just simply digesting toenails and teeth. I feel horrible about my digestive system. Of course, man. I mean, you had to process their hair. How did you eat all that hair? Oh, my God. What was the next day like? I had uh, catastrophic diarrhea. Well, that's to be expected, buddy. Listen, you got to stop this behavior right now. Here's what you need to do. You need to change your diet and you need to get back on the horse. You need to start working out again. And for God's sakes, do cardio. You, you can't let cardio intimidate you. What are you doing right now for cardio? I watch TV. You got to do more than just watch TV, Tom. I mean, look at me. I'm running five miles a day. You win. Don't give up, Tom. This is a contest that we can both win. All we got to do is get out of obesity and just into a regular overweight. And Ari has to take us to Paris, France to go to that soccer game. Can you imagine how much fun Paris, France is going to be? I wonder what their croissants taste like. Oh, their croissants are going to be fantastic. And you can have as many as you want because the weight loss bet will be over. Where are you going to put those croissants, Tommy? My stupid fat mouth. <laughs> put as many as you want, your stupid fat mouth, my friend. Okay, sit down. I got to start my podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, real quick, date's coming up this month. This weekend, the 15th, 16th, and 17th, I'm at the Fort Lauderdale Improv in Fort Lauderdale out at the Hard Rock Casino. Levity Live the 29th through the 31st in Oxnard, California, and we are starting January off intensely. I'm going to be uh, in New Jersey at the Stress Factory, the 5th, 6th, and 7th, American Comedy Company, the 12th, 13th, and 14th in San Diego, and on the 21st, I will be in Boston at the Wilbur Theater. Get your tickets. Healing in Buffalo, Comedy Off-Broadway, Par Live in Bellevue, and that brings us to February 14th, practically. Where me, Ari, and Tom are going to Paris, and we are going to find out who's doing this, going to pay for this fucking bet that has changed my life. I feel so good. I'm about to get on the treadmill. Today's podcast. Uh, this is a good. Uh, this is a good one, especially if you're a podcast fan like myself. You're going to really, really love this. This guy not only has a great podcast that's been around, I think seven, nine, nine years. It's called Comedy Film Nerds, but he has a movie. It's called Earbuds. I am in it, and it is all about podcasting. And you can get it off his website. Uh, he tells you in the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Grant Elwood. All right, Tom, come on. Let's hop up on the treadmill, okay? Here we go.
you're walking really heavy, buddy. You're gonna... Oh my god, Tom, Tom. This is Do you think we could start dropping ads in and, and, and explain to your fans, hey guys? I don't know. We're talking to him right now. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I don't think anyone would be upset that I advertised. Because, um, dude, that's money. That's money that that keeps you off. You could not be on the road as much. I like being on the road, though. I mean, I, I love. I, I lo- here's the thing. I I would love to. I would love to take one more week off a year, uh, a month, maybe. Right now, I'm doing three weeks a month, which it can be aggressive at times, but I really love it. Like I had fuck it. I. I was out of stand-up. No, I wasn't out of stand-up. I think I always thought I was still in stand-up. But to my friends, they were like, no, you were out of stand-up. Like, Tom and, and Bill and Joe were all like, yeah, you were not working the way you should have Um, when I was doing the travel stuff. Right. And now I'm, I was like, now that I'm on the road as much as I am, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was not yeah. writing at all. Like, I was just yeah, coasting yeah. by and just getting checks to go in and do an hour that I knew I could do. It was really cheating myself. I was writing this weekend. I had some of the best writing sets I've ever had this weekend. But yeah, I want to. I'd like to start advertising. So if you're an advertiser and you're, I like, I don't even know how it works. That's how far out removed I am. Like someone's like, oh, you should go to, some like some place. I was like, well, I don't want to leave my network. I like all things comedy. Well, there's there's way like so so comedy film nerds is with all things comedy. Yeah, and we get some ads through them. I get some ads through them, but I want like I'm talking. I want like an ad person. The way, like, you know, so I'm doing it all the time. Yeah, we have a guy that goes and gets ads for us, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he tracks down companies. Basically, he's a guy that listens to a lot of podcasts himself. So he'll be like, oh, I heard this company on a bunch of shows. They'll, they, they'd love to. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tito's Vodka sent me a bunch of stuff, but they're not, they're not going to sponsor But the numbers the you're doing, you could be making, you could be doing enough to take yourself way, all, those well, That's single downloads. That's for single person. When I do two people and we drink, they're through the fucking roof. Really? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> through the fucking roof. Like, double that for 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 first week, for first week downloads. I don't count anything after first week. Like, I mean, I, I look at it, but, like, I look for what it's going to do the first week, because that's when everyone's going to hear it. Right. Um, But, yeah, I did one with Bill Burr and Tom Segura, and we just drank at the end, but we smoked cigars. That was a very high-rated podcast. And I did one with Ari Shafir and Steve Bernazizi. What I also started doing was changing my intros so that people would want to listen to them. So now I do sketches. That's awesome. They're so bad. They're so bad. It's just me listening to a sound effect like New York City traffic or a horse running down the street and doing both the voices. Just like <laughs> it, there's, But, I, but I, it sounds so silly. I have so much fun doing it. I don't even really write it. I just improv it. Right. Till I get to like how I introduce. I don't know how I'll do one this one, but like I I try to make it so that I just do my tour dates and then and so and that way if I do to have ads to have these characters read them would be so much. I think people would listen to them. Right. I want to make. I want people to listen to the beginning of my podcast. The the first six yeah. minutes. But uh, but I'm involved with a company. Have you have you heard about Laughable? Yes. I fucking love them. Really. I just started using their app. I just started working with them. Me, Ari, and Fitzsimmons are all working with them. I love their app because, like... Uh, they contacted us. Yeah. And they were, like, wanting us to do some stuff. We were thinking about it because we just were maxed for anything. And then the guy was like, 
saw earbuds and was like, all right, we really got to yeah. do something together. And I love that movie, by the way. Oh, thanks. I love that movie. But you know what I realized in that movie? First of all, I want to know. I want to know more about um, Schmidt. Is it Schmidt? Mike Schmidt? Yeah, Mike Schmidt. I knew I. He was with Jimmy Pardo, right? He was a guest. He and when Never Not Funny first started, it was him and Pardo. Yeah, and then um, they did that for about a year or so, and then it didn't work out between them. And then Mike started his own show, and and Matt Belknap kind of became the co-host of Never Not. I ran into Matt Belknap one time at a show, and I heard him talk, and I went, "Oh my god!" Yeah, (laughs) it was so fucking creepy. That's the. so for those of you that don't know, uh, Earbuds is a documentary you started making probably like... Two and a half years ago. Was it two a- and a half years ago? Almost three. We two did the crowdfunding. We shot footage at, at the 2013 PodFest to use for the Kickstarter video. The Kickstarter campaign ran in February of 14. And then it funded, which was... It's awesome, but it's also the most stressful thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. We were we raised one hundred and forty grand. Holy shit! We were sixty seventy grand short four days out, and I was like, "Oh, it's done. It's not happening." Yeah, like we ra- we hit it with thirty minutes to go. That's when those things fun though. I know. <laughs> That's like, you, do you know? Do you know Zane Lamprey at all? I know the name. Zane's funded like multi million dollars. Oh no, I did talk to him because yeah. he was the guy who gave us this pep talk in the middle of our campaign. We were like, "Oh, this ain't gonna happen." He goes, "No, no." We were like 200 grand short or some crazy number like that and funded with three days. And we were like, what? Yeah. And it's true. It happens. And like the big donors, the five and $10,000 donors started dropping in the last 20 hours. Dude, I, I, I'm thinking about, you ready for this? I'm thinking about, not to change subjects, although that's all I seem to do these days, <laughs> is I'm thinking about crowdfunding um a theater date in detroit you absolutely should like going going because i'd like to do detroit mark ridley's comedy castle doesn't need like he doesn't he sells out every ticket any show anyway so he doesn't need to overpay me right because he's already gonna get the ticket sales and i was like it might be an easy way a surefire way to know you've sold the thing and then you ready for this i'm thinking about like 25 dollar tickets for the theater Mm -hmm. do it's like 600 seater maybe and then uh for an extra uh, hundred dollars, or maybe like fifty dollars, I don't know. I haven't come up right. with the price point. Throw, throwing a breakfast party for everyone who wants to come and have breakfast with me—that's a great idea. Yeah, like at my hotel, I'll cater it. I'll fucking fill it up with booze. We get there. It's early, so you get early morning drinking, and you just—and then I catch a flight out that night. I'm like, fuck yeah! Have like a great get like a chef to come in and really like nice bacon. And fucking, like, Eggs Benedict. Dude, that's the great thing with crowdfunding. Whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. I want to have a breakfast fucking booze party after my... Do, do it. Yeah. Like, we did this thing... So so Chris Mancini, my co-host, co- crowdfunded a graphic novel, right? Yeah. He had an old screenplay lying around, and he was like, ah. It's like, I want to make this into a graphic novel. So we crowdfunded. One of the, one of the levels was... Um, so comedy filmers, we do regular episodes where we talk about a bunch of movies mm-hmm. and then we'll do like a spoiler app. Like we did one for Dr. Strange. We'll do one for Rogue One where all we do is talk about the movie. We call it a spoiler app because we talk about the ending and we warn people ahead of time. Like, yeah, so it's a thing that, that fans dig. And we said for a thousand bucks, you get to pick the movie. We go out to dinner. We, we do, um, you get to pick the film 
and then we'll record a spoiler rep about whatever movie you want to talk about, and you're in it, and it's your episode. Oh, shut up. It was awesome. We sold like three or four of them. And wow. Fans were just like, yeah, I'm in. I just want to sit and talk movies with you guys. And it's like, who would have, like, we had a fan last year. We just jokingly said, oh, man, you know, we want to go see um, Star Wars A Force Awakens because it came out, they released it in Australia 36 hours ahead of the States. And we just made a joke, like, we want to go see it first. So if anyone's got five grand, ha-ha, send it to us. A fan did. And we went to Australia to watch Star Wars. Are you shitting me? No. We flew there, 17-hour flight, got there, crashed for a couple hours. It was a midnight screen. Because first of all, their movies release on Thursday. We, ours release on Friday. Oh. So it was technically Wednesday night, you know, 12.01 a.m. Thursday or whatever. Oh, shut up. Dude, we got there. We got interviewed by this local TV station. It's like, who are these crazy Americans flying? Did you try to plug in any comedy while you were over there? Um, it was such a last minute thing. We yeah. like, I think I did a set or something, but it yeah. wasn't even like we could put together a tour. It was just this guy did it in like two weeks out. And we were like, uh, okay, I guess we're going That's to. so fucking awesome. Dude. And we assumed he lived in Australia. Nope. Just lived in Iowa. And wanted to, because here's what we did. We went to a midnight screening and then went to a bar next door and recorded a spoiler app about the movie we just saw and released a movie to people in the Shut <laughs> up. So it's not even a fucking, God, I love this world. Right? God, I love this world. And this guy was like, I just want to hear you talking about it before I can see it. Shut up. And we partnered with this guy, Steel Saunders, that does this podcast, Steel Wars. It's all Star Wars. Yeah. He's an Australian dude. He set up the screening. It was like... The coolest. That's fucking insane. Right? That's why when you're like, I want to do a breakfast show in Detroit. Yeah, of course you should. Yeah, I, I, I talked to, I actually talked to Kickstarter. They came into my man cave to pitch it to me. And I said, there's two things I want to do. I want to do a cruise and I want to do, uh, I want to do, a, I want to do Detroit. I just know I have a lot of listeners in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so everyone was like, they're like, do it. So I got to, I got to start. I got to do it. That's the other fucking problem with this business. So cool how things have changed. I would love an assistant. And I know, guys, I know I say that all the time, and everyone hears that, and they're like, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Okay, here's the caveat: you got to live in fucking L.A. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I know. Um, I can't, I can't roll the dice on you changing your life and moving to L.A. to fucking for something that may or may not work out. <laughs> They're like, I'll be your red band. And oh, I, I swear to God, I love all I love doing is smoking pot and driving fast cars. You're like, huh? <laughs> so, um, but I need you to be focused if I'd you're going to be. These- I love a fucking assistant because I do everything myself. Yeah. I do the, I post this, I edit I this. I. We started to get like interns and stuff for comedy filmers just because we were like, we could barely. But you have another guy you do it with, so yeah. you guys can split up the duties. Yeah, and but also it that. Would be easier if I had a if I had a partner and I yeah. was like we should get an intern then that makes sense but me as an that's it's almost like a it seems weird you know mm-hmm. it's like having I had for a second I had this guy who was really great really fucking focused um but I kind of dropped the ball and I just I didn't follow up with him and I'm a big flake too I like to drink that's my big problem is I like to go on the road and like get off the fucking grid. And like just have drink and no one can get a hold of me. And I'm like just doing dates and I love that shit. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I love that movie. I, 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 sadly I didn't, I didn't catch the last quarter of it because, uh, I I was watching it in Tampa last weekend, Mm -hmm. I guess. 
and I went to go watch it again the rest of it this weekend, and the password you gave me ran. Uh, I'll give it to you a new one. Yeah, um, but it's fucking awesome because one of my favorite things about it is I I am more than anything a podcasting fan. Mm-hmm. So like I was watching it as a fan, like I like, right. and then I saw me in it, and I went, "Oh shit, that's right, I was in this." <laughs> well, you're. I was thinking about this driving over here. How you're in it and what you say and everything is such the beauty of podcasting. So, like, we had raised the money, and I and I called Brian Redman, and I said, hey, I just want to, like, have me on one of your Ice House Chronicles. Yeah. And we'll just come in. We'll shoot an interview with you beforehand, and we'll just kind of show that world and the pot. You know, that's a, the podcast community is very much about everybody support, you know. And you just show up and just start talking on camera and – you know, Steve Agee just pops in and we interview him. Yeah. Rogan's there and he's willing to talk to us, which was awesome. Um, but then you say something. The thing I loved about directing the movie was I, I obviously learned a lot of great things from fans and what, what this means to them to yeah. listen to this. But I learned so much from other comedian and podcasters. Like you made such a great point and it's why I put in the movie. You go, oh, it changed the dialogue between comedians and fans. 100%. You know, you said that and I was like... So many times when I was interviewing people, a, a comic like you would say something. I go, "Yeah, that's right," <laughs> you know. And I do this, and I was, it was I learned a lot about oh. how cool it is, and it reaffirms so much stuff for me. Um, you know, like Todd Glass says, um, you know, the, the audience that shows up, your podcast audience, they're perfect. He made such a good point. He goes, "You know, comedians or podcasts are like, oh, my fans are idiots." He goes, "That's your fault. You you created that." Yeah, you know, like you get to, we get to cultivate who our fans are. It's not like a TV show where I have to play this character on the TV show and it attracts a certain type of fan. And so those these are my fans. I'm, we get to sit here and talk and be. Uh, we're not doing characters. We're not doing bits. Yeah, and we get to you know, this we get to cultivate our fan base our way. That's really interesting. I don't think I ever saw it that way. Now that you say that, my my, I, I would say fans. I I, I think I have. I have basically uh, trickle-down fans. It's like people who love... I think my fans are people who love Rogan. Sure. People who love... Uh, like, are, they're fans of podcasts. Yeah. And so... And I think that's where they connect with me is they know I'm a fan of podcasts. I remember I was in uh, Scotland one week, one doing TV, and uh, I just put it out on Twitter. I was like, uh, if anyone wants to have a beer with me in Scotland, uh, hit me up. And these three guys took a train in and... We sat down and had a beer in between while I was shooting. I just bounced because they were doing B-roll. I went and had a beer with these three guys, and it was so crazy. They were like, hey, uh, did you listen to Rogan this week? And I said, no, who's on it? And he's like, Bobcat. I was like, shut the fuck up. And I was like, wait, tell – and we talked about Rogan's pod- – we didn't talk right. – they weren't fanning out on me. We were just <laughs> talking about a podcast we had all listened to. I do that – I mean, if, if I had a nickel for every time – I had a fan go, let me see your top podcasts. And I pull up my phone and I go, here's what I subscribe to. And I flip to it and then they do that. And they're like, ooh, I've never heard that. And then they download it. Like some guy this this weekend showed me there's a podcast all about Westworld. <laughs> oh. it's, I think it's called The Bald Man or something. I don't, I'm, I don't know. My, I have on my phone, but I downloaded it. And I was like, I'll be listening to that on the flight home. I listened to podcasts on the flight home last night. Um, but I run into people. It's so funny. Uh, I ran into a guy flying to ch- uh, Japan, and he had a Death Squad shirt on. 
And it, he looked at me. He was like, holy shit, man, the machine. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you're wearing a fucking Rogan shirt? And I was like, oh, shit, I am. <laughs> like, it's like, I think that's the cool thing. Who who do you think the first, who was the first podcast you started listening to where you were like. God, you know, I've always just sort of my th- I've always cherry picked based on guest or topic. Yeah. So I've never been like, oh, I listened to this one religiously. I've always been like, oh, I want to hear what that guy says. Patton, if he pops up on anything. Yeah. I'm or like, fucking in. you know, or like Marin. Oh, I want to hear Robin Williams or, oh, I got to listen to Obama talk or, yeah. you know, um, that's pro- the Obama one's probably the most downloaded podcast in history. I'd guess it's up there. I would love to see stats on that. It's great. I mean, that's um, and since you missed the, I mean, that's in the movie too. Is we have the audio from that, and we got photos from the White House of of Obama and Marin in his garage. Yeah. Um, that was one of the coolest things for me. It's so funny, like because of doing the movie and 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 you know co producer in Los Angeles Podcast Festival. I'm so much on like the production end of it that like the film helped me kind of go back to being a fan a little bit because um, with LA Podfest, I have to sort of listen to 10 minute clips of a bunch of shows to find new podcasts to bring into the festival. And so, but like, I remember listening to the Marin Obama interview and I was like, yeah, this is what all those fans in the film talked about. I feel like I was hanging out with the president. Yeah. I felt like I was just, he was just having coffee with a buddy and I got to go, wow. Cause it wasn't slicked up. I mean, he's the president. He knows his talking points and you know, I mean, obviously, you know, like he's, he, there was a, there was a meeting about what he's supposed to talk about. He dropped but, an end bomb. Didn't yeah, he? I know it, it was nuts, <laughs> you know, and he just, but he it was dropped an end bomb like he was Joey Diaz. I know. I know. It was crazy. It was like, there's the president. And it was like, it was so, it was so like, I, was, I, I so get the personal connection of it. Yeah. You know, like people are, we're in their ears right now. It's not like TV is, is it literally at a distance? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, movies that I love, I love going to the movies, it, it, but it's, it's a bigger thing. It's a show. It's a, it's, you know, it's lit and sound and all this stuff. This is just like, you're having this personal conversation and people are here participate. Like, like I always think about that Obama thing made me think about like, God, I wish I had a time machine or, you know, when I die, I want to just sit and talk to like Miles Davis and Winston Churchill or something like that, you know, and like, yeah. This podcast was like, holy shit, name one sitting president that did an interview like that. Nothing. Never. No, never. Uh, never. That's, never. Mean, sadly, I think we'll all be able to get Trump on our podcasts. Uh, I think he's going to be yeah, – I think I can totally see him do it. He, I wouldn't be shocked if he started his own podcast. Yeah. I love that he tweets. I love that he tweets. It makes me – It is this, his presidency has brought me so much joy. <laughs> I have never been a happier at just like – when he just, he was like, uh, Saturday Night Live, not funny, overrated. You're just like, who the fuck do you think you are? What I know. the fuck is wrong with you? He's like oh, a 15-year-old boy. I love him. I fucking, I'm going to be so sad when they assassinate him. The, uh, <laughs> I've been telling that joke on stage in the middle of this country, and it's not been getting laughs. Weird. Um, That's yeah. weird. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, the podcasting for me, I think, was, I, I, I mean, I've said this ad nauseum, but the, I mean, the first time I met Joe, I listened to his podcast so much mm-hmm. that when I went to his door, he opened his door and I was like, he was like, what's up? I was like, hey man, I'm going to need to see your dog. I'm going to need to see your deprivation tank, need to see your pool table and then get high and I'll be ready to do this. 
And I was like, I've been listening to way too much of this podcast. And he was like, and it's, Joe is so caught off guard. He's like, uh, okay. And so he went and showed me his dogs, showed me the deprivation tank. We got high. We did the podcast. And I was like, and now, and then I remember driving home. I was like, that's probably not the best way to meet Joe. I probably should have been cooler. But I was so fucking, I was such, I'm still a fit, massive fan of his podcast. Right. Um, it, it's such a, it's such a. I mean, he's he's like such a great example, right? So he's, you know, he came up in very much traditional, me- you know, he came in traditional media, he came, you know, news radio and 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 doing stuff like that, and and um, what was that NBC show, the Fear Factor, Fear Factor, Man Show, you know, Man Show, all that stuff, and UFC, and then his podcast, obviously, like you say, it has some trickle down, it has some crossover, but it's such its own animal. And it's he can do whatever. Like it's so cool. I, I love seeing people in that, like Aisha or somebody that has all this traditional media, but they're doing the podcast out of the purity of it and the love of it. You know, he doesn't need the money from his ad sales for his podcast. He's doing it because he wants to have that forum to just say whatever the fuck he wants to talk about. He's do, he's doing it. You know, Chris Rock before he did his uh, his fur his. First, the big, bigger and blacker, the mm-hmm. big, the big special, the one right. that everyone um, liked. I think it's Cornell West is the black guy with the afro right. and the glasses and sometimes a scarf or the ascot. Yeah, Cornell West. By the way, I don't know if this is true. This is maybe what I kind of heard, but I, but whatever part I glommed onto, this is what, what it was. Right, right before Chris Rock started doing that special, did that special. Cornell West said, "Hey, man, you're um, you're a young black man in this in this business." I think you should be hanging out with the greatest minds of the of of the world and we do a Sunday night dinner where they come over to my house and we just talk politics and we talk about life and we talk about everything. Uh, you should come to these. So Chris Rock started going to I think it was Cornell West's house where he would have these Sunday night conversations and everyone would talk about smart shit and Chris Rock was like I got like it was like going to college. Yeah. It was like I learned so much. And I remember being so jealous of that. And then when Joe started doing it the way he's doing it now, like I love this podcast at the beginning when it's just comics and Eddie Bravo and fucking Tate. And I I, I mean, I love, I still, and he still has that as a definite part of his podcast, but him bringing in people like scientists fucking like, dude, I have, I have gotten so much smarter just listening to his fucking podcast. Adversely, I think people get dumber listening to mine, but <laughs> but like he had a guy. I'm going to say this guy's name because this podcast was so fucking great. Um, oh, my eyes are going on me. I think I'm getting old. Oh, dude, I'm fighting the reading glasses fight. Oh, I got I got readers. Like I got readers, so I could read things. Um, dude, his podcast with Kevin Smith the other day was fucking amazing. Holy shit. Uh, John Jones is an amazing podcast. Steve Rennell is always great. Wow. Jordan Peterson. Did you listen to it? This guy is fucking fascinating. He is what you'd want. Like, he's fighting political correctness and social justice warriors. But he's not fighting it, like, from an ignorant standpoint. He's fighting the absurdity of it. And it, it was... I li- I've listened to that podcast probably three times, and it's really? a three-hour podcast. This guy is so fucking smart, and Joe possibly – I mean, if they're going to give a potty to anyone, Joe would get a fucking – the best interview I've ever heard him do. do. It, it was so – How so? Like, just in the questions he was asking? Or? Was, and Joe was being fair and representing other sides and, like, and just making it really 
I was sitting there going, this is one of the greatest conversations I've ever got to listen to. And that's what it was. It was just listening to a conversation of two very intelligent men talk about the, the, what is happening in this country and in Canada with, uh, it was fucking amazing. And so like, so like Joe wasn't agreeing with him all the way, but was like, not, he, it wasn't a fighty argue, nor was he giving no, him a yeah. free pass. And it, was, it wasn't giving him a free pass. He wasn't disagreeing with him. He was just asking him questions and the guy was answering them and telling them things. And then Joe would be lighthearted as a comedian should sure. in like great fucking moments. Apparently, uh, there was a guy who, uh, who's transgender who argued with this guy that there's no no scientific difference between men and women and joe lost it and i was yeah. like wait you can't fucking make that statement and joe's like this guy's going through a sex change just- like there's no it was it was just a really great fucking interview <laughs> i mean i that that's I, that's what i i also i really could have done i could have had I could have had had your movie like as I was watching it. Mm-hmm. I ended up having to go to the Tampa Improv to do a show, and I was like, "I'll pause it. I'll start it up again." In my head, I was like, "Oh, this is just like a great podcast. I don't want it to fucking end. I didn't want your movie to end. I wanted it to be a TV series. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. I'm. I was like, they need to turn this into a TV series. Every week, profile a different podcast. I'd be fucking. There's so many great podcasts that I'd love to know more about. I'd love to get backstory about. Oh yeah, like do, Never Not Funny is one of the ones where you're like. That's one of the OGs in this game. Yeah. Hardcore. Well, that was the thing. And, and it's it's so great to hear you say that because when we were editing it, we were like, let's make this documentary like a podcast where Chris and I would come in. There's voiceover, but not in the way like you would have narration in a documentary, but way a podcast would be. Yeah. And, you know, we shot so much footage. You know, we, we sell uh, an hour of bonus coverage on the site, but we're going to keep releasing because there was, there was whole interviews that like we couldn't use that are fascinating, that are just fantastic. And it's like, I would love to do what you said of like, I haven't thought of that about making it a, a TV show where like this week in podcasting or something, because I learned, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm being, you're hitting something right. Nail on the head right now. I would watch every fucking week. If you had a show much like fucking NFL Tonight or right. Sports Center or anything that covers anything where you talk about what's good in podcasting that week, profile a new podcast, do a fucking biography of an old podcast, and then highlight great podcasting moments cuz that's my shit. I'm into that shit. Right. Like like uh, like um I was just thinking, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. But like like when Jimmy Pardo's brother-in-law went missing. Yeah, Daniel. Like or dude, I- yeah, that was lived out on the podcast. I, mean, I think I remember crying on that podcast because yeah. Jimmy starts crying and then I'm crying. And Andrew, I'm, like, I'm sorry, not Daniel. Andrew Koenig. So yeah, um, Andrew Koenig is is Jimmy's brother in law. He mm-hmm. was also boner from Growing Pains, mm-hmm. which I mean that is an that is that's he's not also even... the son of Chekhov. The you know Walter Koenig who played Chekhov on Star Trek. So it's like you know it's it's it was such an intense thing. When that happened, and one of the reasons I wanted to ask Jimmy about it, and I was very, I was very like, all these interviews I went in and said, look, if you don't want to talk about this, yeah, I don't. Or even after the interview, if you want me to cut it, I will. You yeah. know, and I said, I'd, I, I, before the interview, like, I wasn't going to sandbag him. I've known Jimmy for 20-some years. I said, I, I, I'd like to have you tell the story about what that going through when Andrew went missing and how the fans re- responded. Dude, that, you want to talk about you know, pulling fans together? 
it was it was in in the midst of an of a really it was a tragedy it was awful he 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 went missing and then he later he took his life you know he was he was battling with depression but the the podcasting community rallied when they were looking for him you know and it was just like the fact that the podcast community would do that it, they did it as though it was just like it would be like as though your high school, like, you know, like all your high school friends, like, hey, this guy's missing and everyone from your high school rallied together and there was a phone tree, you know, like it was yeah. that kind of thing. But it, it was literally all over. You know, it was it was just it was it was so it was in the midst of this. It's such conflicting emotions because it's it's tragic that he, you know, that he decided to take his own life. And that's one of the things the movie touches upon is his mental illness and. You know, when we went into to like, I knew I was going to interview Jimmy, and he was going to talk about that. I knew I was going to interview Paul Gilmartin that does mental illness happy hour. Yeah, okay. I love that. Uh, Paul Gilmartin. Oh, Paul great. Gilmartin is the. I mean, he's doing work. I mean, he's doing noble work. You know, like he's like he he goes. Oh, I found. You know, he he was thinking about what podcast to do. He's, I remember talking to him about. It. I said, Gilly. I, I've known him for a million years. I call him Gilly. I was like, Gilly. I, it's a shit ton of work, but it's the most empowering thing you're ever going to do in show business. Yeah. You have complete control over it. And that's another great example of what should my podcast be about? Whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about mental illness? You get to do that. You want to you interview like Joe Rogan does one week, a UFC fighter, the next week, a guy that's you know has this heavy uh, social commentary stance or yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's fantastic, and so. But when we were interviewing, when we were doing earbuds, we were, did a lot of fan interviews. We'd set up like come by the Improv and come by Nerd Mount, and we did Zanies in Chicago and a couple other places in Australia. And we just said we announced on our podcast, we'll be here, you know, Saturday from twelve to five. Come by, we'll do a ten minute interview. And that's when we started to realize we need to spend a lot more time on the mental illness aspect because so many people came in off the street. Dude, this, I mean. You know, this is this is now, now that I realize in the middle of this, this is kind of a meta podcast because we're talking about po- if, if you're listening right. to podcasts, you love podcasts. So if you're listening to this, you, you love what we're talking. It's right. it's like almost like <laughs> you know, but uh, but that it, it it really is crazy that how many people come to this medium for sanity. It was you know this this girl that walked in off the street, Allison in um, Sydney, Australia, and, and she's featured in the film. And she just talked about, she's like, you know, grandma, I came from an, I was in an abusive um, marriage, you know, he was physically and mentally abusive and I had to deal with PTSD. And she's like, I know you've had to deal with that because I've talked about it on my show. And I was at first I was like, wait, how do you, and then I was like, and then I was like, oh yeah, because, you know, I had some stuff from childhood, but also I did a bunch of USO tours and a couple of like one of them, we like came under fire and almost got blown out of the sky. So loud noises and helicopters freaked me out. You know, yeah. I was in Afghanistan and we were in a firefight in a Black Hawk helicopter. Yeah. So I've talked about that on my podcast. And so she was like, but it was cool because because Hyatt opened up on our podcast. She felt comfortable coming and doing an interview on camera. Yeah. You know, these are people who aren't performers. They're not, you know, you and I can just, yeah, okay, camera interview, bing, Please. bang. <laughs> They're nervous. They walk in, they see the big lights in the camera and they get, uh, but she was comfortable enough to open up with us and it's she's her storyline is in the film and it's like it's it's it, it was so it was it was like 
it was such a pri- like a privilege and an honor and a, and a big responsibility. I felt an, 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 like a responsibility, like we got to handle this the right way. Yeah. Because and you go back to Joe Rogan, you know, he even like his I think one of his posted tweets is like we have a a mental illness problem disguised as a gun problem. And, we, you know, like he's yeah. addressing it. And, and this country, uh, we we haven't we haven't dealt with the fact that there's a huge mental illness problem in this country. We just we just don't. And it's good that we need to have these conversations. You know, every time there's a mass shooting, nine out of ten times it's someone that suffered from some type of mental illness that wasn't treated. Yeah. You know, and so it was really cool to to go through all that with the film. And, and you, you know, a documentary is very you learn so much, you know, like all these people sharing all this stuff and how a podcast, you know, this woman was like, I couldn't function because my husband was so abusive and I got out of that relationship and I needed podcasts to help rebuild who I was. And you're sitting here going. You mean when Chris and I just fucking get pissed off about a shitty movie like that, that you know, like just sitting in this man cave, dicking around, yeah. talking about the road, like really that yeah. helps, that matters, and yeah, well, yeah, it, it does. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know it does for me. You know, one of my one of my go to things is, um, you know, podcasts for me are like a little bit like a like a warm blanket mm. when I get home off the when I'm on the road and I'm in a hotel room, I just throw on a podcast and I can let it play. And I and I because I get anxiety and uh, and so sometimes if I'm in my fucking hotel room by myself, I can't turn it off. Like I can't fucking calm down. It's part of the reason I drink on the road. Like I don't think I've had a legit sober night sleep on the road, like unassisted, possibly ever. Wow. Like because I get into a hotel room and I start my brain starts to go crazy. And when I was on the road with Travel Channel, I was doing fucking ten. Three bucket list adventures a day. So I would I would swim with great white sharks, jump off the stadium and rappel off Table Mountain, and then get back to my room after a couple of vodka sodas and still be like fucking wired. But I just throw on I would throw on anything. Mm-hmm. I mean so much shit to, I love Dan Carlin's hardcore history. Oh yeah. That thing. That's like I turn that on and I get excited. This is gonna sound weird, but you know how like when a hurricane's coming in? <laughs> and and <laughs> So you have to get bottled water and canned food? Is that what you want? Oh no, no. I get excited when hurricane coverage is on the TV. Like or like big storm coverage. I go into my room and I get excited like a warm blanket and I go, Oh good, the hurricane I don't know why. It's like grounding or something, but I get excited like you that. Florida for, people are out of your I, goddamn I guess minds. It's that. I don't know, man. <laughs> When they have a hurricane coverage, I just sit by the TV all fucking day and it makes me so happy. I fucking but like like I said I said on a podcast one time, I said uh I said I don't know who the fuck I was talking to. I was talking to Danish and O'Neill. And uh I said the first uh wet dream I ever had, I was riding a horse. <laughs> and so so this weekend I'm doing this new bit called Secret Time. <laughs> In the middle of my show, like, because sometimes I'll think of secrets. I'll think of, like, things that aren't funny but are interesting. And so I go, oh, you guys want to hear a secret? Let's do secret time. And then I said, the first time I ever had a wet dream, I was riding a horse. Dudes were losing their fucking mind because they had heard me say it on a podcast. And it was almost like it wasn't a laughter. They were getting up out of their chair going, fuck, fuck, I heard you. you, Yes, this is true. This is, like, it was, like, it's so weird. You know, people... Uh, people will come to me and go, you know, because my kids will come in and out of the podcast all the time. Right. 
and I talk very openly about Isla, and she's like my weirder of the two kids. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go on st- stage, and they'll be like, tell tell the Isla, uh, tell the Isla story. The tell Georgia Midget, tell the Isla story with the th- and it's toothbrush. And you're like, how do you fucking know that? And they're like, you said it on your podcast. And I'm like, holy shit! Like I had a joke that happened on the podcast that got it into my special about our <laughs> safe word. But like, it's really crazy how the dialogue has changed between. I mean, I don't think I sold a ticket. I don't think I sold one ticket this week to someone who hadn't heard me on my podcast. Really? I I don't think I sold one. I mean, we I would it, this weekend got a little fucking out of control. I, you know, I, I performed my shirt off so then I told everyone uh they said, "Hey guys, $3 drinks upstairs if you're shirtless." So, everyone ended up shirtless upstairs. But it was and, and so I do these big like meet and greets after the shows mm-hmm. and it was all podcast fans. It was all oh. guys like going The podcast fans like I did a tour through China a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And basically, there's no, there's like one full-time comedy club in Shanghai, and it's like a 120-seat room. So everything else is just like a bar gig. Yeah. And it's mostly like American and English and Australian expats. But like I did this show in Guangzhou, China, and people are coming up going, oh, I comedy film nerds. I listen. You know, people would show up. They bought our, we have a book, Comedy Film Nerd Guide to Movies, and they like, I bought this online and I I need you to sign it. I'm like in the middle of China and it's like, it's crazy. I don't have the as big of a fan base as you, so I can't like pack a place, but there's always a handful of people who are like, you know, Oh, he drove three hours to come see you. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the coolest thing. And it, it, when it, when it is packed full, when we have done like comedy film nerds live and we pack it out, it's the greatest show like we've done live shows where we just made fun of trailers. We just show trailers of movies coming up. Yeah, we pick like six or seven of them. We'll pick like one or two that are like cool, something that everyone's like, oh, excited for, and everything else. We try to find the dumbest, and it's a blast. Yeah, where else could you do that? You couldn't just show up and do that in a comedy club without a following. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You you couldn't just like come in and do the the horse, you know. Wet dream bit and shirts. <laughs> you know what I mean. People would be like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe," yeah. but like. So how how much has your podcast changed from the first iteration of it and to where you guys are now? Are you doing pretty much the same thing? Well, we started in December of '09. Okay, um, I'm trying to think. When did I start mine? No, I haven't been going that long. That's eight years. Yeah, coming up seven, eight. Yeah, seven. Uh, seven yeah. You know, my math is I'm not really seven bad. seven years seven years that's a fucking long time what episode are you on three uh fifty something and then we've done another fifty some spoiler apps so we've done over four hundred episodes Fuck. and that's once a week um yeah it's it started just hey let's talk about movies and we didn't even have guests and then we started bringing on guests and then it's sort of the format within the first six months or so to a year kind of became now it's sort of that's our format where we top of the show we sort of what's talking what's going on or i'll if i'm not on the road as much anymore but when i was i would you know hey thanks everyone for coming out to this show this show and then we talk about because we record on tuesday we record and release on tuesday we don't do a lot of editing so the reason for that is we talk about movies that just came out the weekend prior oh wow so so what are you guys talking about this week this week we'll be talking about um we got to talk about the new Star Wars, right? Well, that comes out next week, so we're doing oh, that comes whole, out next week. Yeah, Rogue One comes out the sixteenth. Did you get? I heard it's fucking amazing. Oh, I can't wait. I, I heard, I'm, I'm. It's 
we're going to do two episodes about it. Like I can't – the thing why I think it's going to be great and this is what I'm getting from the trailers. So A Force Awakens, which was fun, it was great, but there were certain things they had to do. You know, we got to have Chewie and Han and see – we got to bring the gang back and we got to hit these points. Yeah. Rogue One feels like let's just do something awesome in the Star Wars universe. Let's just blow it out. We don't – we have no constraints. Yeah. I, I, it looks – it looks – fantastic to me i can't wait i can't wait my but kids it, are gonna want to see it oh dude i'm gonna see it two or three times i mean it's yeah. like there's no two ways about it and i think so yeah so then our format is pretty much we talk about movies that just came out then we focus on the guest like if the guest is really into westerns or they just made a movie like whatever whatever they want to talk about and then we kind of go into you know dvds and we, we now we've started to talk about movie trailers I'm you know, obsessed with movie oh, trailers. They're great. I'm obsessed with movie trailers. Like, to a point where I think I have a problem with it. <laughs> like, I, I, one of my favorite feelings. So, you know the feeling, you ever, you ever uh, get done to impress and you're in the elevator at the hotel and you're getting up to your room and then your brain goes, oh shit, I haven't jacked off yet today. Yeah. Like, that, that great, like, oh, this is going to be great. And I, I do that with, with trailers. I go, oh my God, I haven't looked at it. I, I, Apple trailers in like two weeks. Oh, I bet there's a whole new front page. Yeah. And I get excited that today. I did that today and I was like, oh, there wasn't anything really great on today. Um, I watched the trailer for uh, Fast and Furious, the new one. Oh, yeah. That looks really fucking good. Those movies are blast. I, I haven't seen one of those since probably like the second one. Like oh, they're I, insane. They're insane. They're it's great. just the number one franchise I oh, think, yeah. ever. They're insane. The movies... And now they just get bigger and crazier, and they're a blast. I mean, it's just like they do these stunts that are just so awesome. They're, like, ridiculously awesome that you just, like, it's like an amusement park where they're like, now we're going to spin you around backwards, and then you're going to stop and then go the other way. And you're just like, yeah, let's Dude, do it. It was. I saw the trailer. I was like, I think I might watch that. I yeah. think I'm going to go see that. But I'm on the road, just fucking. Oh, for sure. I'm the kind of viewer who, if you spend $50 million on a movie, it's not lost on me. Like, I get into it. Like, if the m more money you spend, the more I like the movie. Like, I'm that fucking guy. I am the perfect window for Hollywood. I'm the same intelligence. I'm not too smart to figure out who Kaiser Soze is, you know? <laughs> but I'm smart enough to figure out Bruce Willis is a ghost. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not, I, like, I, 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 man, a good trailer. What's the best trailer you've seen recently? The best trailer I've seen recently is, um, well, they keep. I mean, that's hard to say because I kind of watch so many. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the best trailer I've ever seen. The best trailer I've ever seen. Let's be cops. <laughs> Sounds so silly. The movie was not that good, but that trailer fucking it got me. I said I am fucking seeing this. I that trailer <laughs> was so fucking great because it was just like like I got the whole concept really quickly. Hey, let's be cops. Let's be I loved it. And I was like, I'm in. I fucking I'm in. I'm trying to. I'm now. I'm going to look. Up, I want to see if Apple trailers. But like the fuck, I'm trying to think of who. What trailers are out now? I can't watch scary trailers. The scary trailers. I mean, the mainstream horror movies are also sort of the same. They have a, like a a cheap scare, like a and then they. Oh, yeah. They're also the same pattern. Some of the coolest movies I've seen. Um, well, all of the Rogue One trailers have been amazing to really? me, and each one I see is. And it Rogue One has kind of helped flip me. Normally, when a big movie like that's coming out, like I don't want to see the trailers because you don't want to. 
I don't want to ruin anything. Or if I only, if I do see a trailer, I only want to see it on the big screen. I don't want to watch it on my phone or laptop. But now they keep releasing cool shit that I get more more and more fired up for. So I'm trying to find uh, uh, Apple trailers. I'm going to tell you what, which ones okay. I, I really liked. Um, I can't believe they're doing another Spider Man. Oh, that's the day. Well, Spider Man's because uh, Sony owns the rights to it, and they, there's a clause in there that if they have to keep making movies. If they let it go past a certain amount of time, then they lose the rights to it. That's why they keep banging those out. Oh, thank you. Comedyfilmnerds.com. Thank you very much. <laughs> the Comedian was a good trailer. Yes. The, I like that yes. trailer. Um, the Fate of the Furious was a good trailer. Uh, I'll tell you what, what was a really, really good trailer. What's that movie where the kids break into the blind guy's house? Oh, God. What is that? I got to bring this up. Um Oh yeah, that was fantastic, man. That was um Oh god, I forget the name of that. That was like uh, I'll tell you a dumb fucking trailer, Fist Fight. Oh, that looked I'm like, "Hey, what fucking movie are we going to make where grown men have to fight each other? You also can just go home and not fight a human." Like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> uh, uh Let's see. I was oh, the, Tom Cruise's The Mummy looks good. Oh, it looks like, I'm like, all right, Tom Cruise, you know, it's like Jack Reacher finds The Mummy. I'm in. Uh, yeah. I was like, fuck yes. Uh, uh, let's see. I haven't seen, I, I, I need to catch up. I, I'm also like, it's so funny. You really cut to the core of me as a person on what i like and dislike and where my phobias are on uh by a trailer like immediately i become very cynical i go fuck that it's like a real emperor like thumbs up thumbs down thing where you go man this fucking pass right like i saw one trailer i'm sure it's on here but it's like the cover of it is two dudes holding each other's heads like they're i was like pass i was like immediately the most homophobic guy in the world no fucking way i'm seeing this shit or like this one says sing i don't even know what it is i won't watch it because i'm like eh, i don't think i like sing i don't even know what it is Well, so much what what is happening too with trailers this is a fun game by the way just going through and yes. saying what'll fucking tank monster trucks pass because smurfs i'm definitely gonna see because my kids want to see it and uh and it's and it's all about Finding other Smurfs. Uh, anytime, like, it's it really cuts also to the to the fucking answer of like you know Scarlett Johansson got shit for playing uh, Asian woman leading role, right? And like and like Matt Damon in the Great Wall of China movie, yeah. But I, I got to be honest with you, I don't, I don't want to sound like a dick, but like if I see a movie and it's called uh, it's called like. Um, the fast break and it's Morris Chestnut and most deaf and it's like five bleeding black dudes. I go, uh, nah, I think that's marketed to black people. I'm going to pass or like before Christmas and you see Danny Glover and Medea or whatever. I'm like, uh, that's marketed. That's meant for them. Like I, I, I don't watch them, but then if you put like, if you, if you appropriate a culture and you put, if you make a movie and it's an, a leading Asian actress that I've never he- heard of, and she's on the cover. A lot of times I look at it and I go, oh, I don't want to read subtitles. <laughs> like, But if I see Scarlett Johansson there, and it's called The Samurai, I go, ooh, what's this? You know? <laughs> like, Hollywood's just doing it because that's the way our brains think. That's what you, you know? That, the, it's, who, how, many, how many people watched uh, How to, what was it, How to Be a Man? 
think like a man. Oh, right. Not a lot of white people. Right. You know, but it's it's just it's a book. Think like a man. We're all men. Why wouldn't I enjoy it? Oh, because it's got nine black leads. Oh, okay. Oh, and Gary Owen. And I, you know, I love Gary Owen. I'm not shitting on the movie. I'm just saying that that is how they market these movies. You got to put a fucking someone well, where, where where you go. I'll do that. I'll go to that. Take my money. I want to see that. I think in certain in certain cases they go. Well, like Tyler Perry started making movies for a very underserved section of the marketplace, like yeah. middle-aged black women. Yeah. No one was making movies for them, and he went, I will. And so they're just like, great. And he goes, and they weren't going to the movies, and now they are to see yeah. his stuff, and it's like, it's awesome. In some cases, though, boy, we talk about it on Comedy Filmers, we call it trailer side. Well, they'll take a good movie, and they'll make a trailer that's that either makes it look dumb, or they reveal too much of it. You watch oh, the trailer, yeah. and you go, oh, I know what's going to happen now. That yeah. guy's the criminal. That's Oh, that just happened in one the other day that I saw where they're like, where I think the guy dies in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, <laughs> okay, I yeah. guess we know what happens in this movie. Well, like that new uh, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Chris Pat film, Pratt, uh, Pratt film, Passengers, looks interesting. And then, you know, so they set the premise. Oh, we woke up on this on this space station early. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then you hear this voiceover towards the end of the trailer. He goes, Actually, it wasn't a mistake. And you're just like, oh, well, okay. uh, now we know that. Oh, wait, uh, where, why is he going off to space? Yeah. Why are they locked off? <laughs> He's like, on fire? Ooh, I know. Swimming, it does look cool, them swimming in There bubbles, is cool though. shit in there. Yeah. And it's a, it's a significant film in the sense that this is one. She got way more money than he did. So women, leading ladies, have always gotten underpaid. This is one of the first times where it's like, no, no, this is a Jennifer Lawrence movie. And she got oh, some crazy, like, 23 up. million. And he got, like, 10 or something like that Whoa. and it was like i didn't know that it's a big it's a big deal because it's it's they're finally going well she has proven through um you know whatever the hunger games movies and then and then all these oscar films that it's like jennifer lawrence can open a movie i'll go watch her in oh fuck yeah i watched her cold bones was that it oh winter bone winter bones that was that was her breakout film. She was fucking amazing. She was like six, 17 or 18 or something during that movie. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. He's, I, I think he's good. But, you know, but you're right. I mean, I, I hope you don't take this as an offense, Chris Pratt, because I know you listen to my podcast. <laughs> but but, but you, you could have plugged eight dudes into that role. Eight dudes. I know. 20 if we want to pay him more than her. Right. But. There's only one Jennifer Lawrence. I know. And you and I, she fucking that girl's badass. I love Chris Pratt like Guardians of the Galaxy. He's great in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Oh, there's another there's a great trailer. That trailer Guardians of the Galaxy 2? I haven't seen it. Oh, dude. Oh wait, yes I have. Dude. Uh wait. Where did I Is it with a little the yeah. little things carrying a bomb or something? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Dude, it's Guardians Sometimes of the Galaxy. Sometimes I watch them hammered. <laughs> and so I can't remember. But like Guardians of the Galaxy is is that though, now it's I guess we're calling it a franchise since there's two, but that's where I'd go. Well, that's Chris Pratt. Yeah, he is. There are some guys that could maybe do that, but he's making it very much his role. But Passengers, yeah. you go Jennifer Lawrence in space with could some have been dude. Indian Bodhi. Yeah, been, <laughs> yeah. A lot of guys that, I know. It, it, it's so funny. Is I for the first maybe I, I watch it. I watch trailers over and over again, or I'll go back to the mm -hmm. thing and see if they come out with a second trailer. I misunderstood the line where he says we woke up 90 years too early. Right. I thought he said nine. And I was like, who gives a fuck? You chill. 
Hang out. Fuck. Wait till, I mean. It's 2025, whatever. Yeah. 2016. What's the fucking difference? Up nine years early. <laughs> shit. So you'll be 30 when they're 20. Okay. <laughs> like, that would be awesome if that was the premise. Yeah. Nine years early. Uh, you know, we I don't know. We just woke up a day earlier than them. What are we going to do today? Yeah. <laughs> um, All the yeah. technology is basically the same. I could. I, I could. I could just watch trailers all the. Well, what's the, I, sometimes I love when I go on uh, when I go on YouTube and I see a new trailer for something I haven't seen, and then I'm like, "Oh, here we go, dude!" I I have an Apple TV at home. I don't have cable anymore. Yeah. So I just go to the trailer button. I you do the, and my daughters are the fucking problem. <laughs> my daughters just got. I just bought them a fucking TV, and I said, "Let's put the direct TV in your room," and they're like, "No, no." I go, "What?" They're like, "We don't watch that anyway, Dad. If we want, we'll just come in the living room and watch it." I said, "What do you want?" And they went, "Just have them hook up the Wii, and we'll just watch things off uh, off Amazon and and fucking whatever that other one is." Netflix, like Fantastic Beasts, is a good trailer. Kong Skull Island is a that good trailer. one looks awesome. Fuck, that looks good. That one looks great. I'm excited for that because the Peter Jackson Kong movie I did not like. It was With too Jack Black. Yeah, it was too long. It was, yeah, it was, it was like weird. three hours or something like that. There was some cool stuff, but Peter Jackson movies, in my opinion, get way too long. Kong Skull Island, though, looks oh. like awesome. Yeah, it looks really fucking good. Um, the Bad Kids of Crestville, I'll see that. I haven't seen that. Um, it's just it's just these kids that are bad kids, and then it turns out the teachers want to kill them. I get I can get into really cheesy fucking movies very easily. I gotta say, like the, when I when I first saw the trailer for Collateral Beauty, which also comes out next week, what's, go, that, what's that one? That's Will Smith. I won't watch it. Really? I won't watch it. it makes me sad. It, oh wow! Yeah, it looks. I was one of those movies where I went. I bet you this is cheesy, but um, I bet you it's the kind of cheesy that I want to go watch alone because I know I'll cry. Like it's a movie. Well, I'm gonna like if I was on the road and the other comic goes. Oh, you want to go see that? I'll be like, no, no, I got some stuff to do today. And then I'll go see it alone and sit up in the corner and cry. I cried at Moana. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I heard Moana's great, man. <laughs> I cried at Moana when the grandma showed up. Oh, <laughs> good for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, dude. Have you ever, I got, I wish I had, I wish I had, this is why I'd want an assistant. I'd love to go, Hey, pull this clip up and show you this. I went and did, um, there's a movie that everyone knows the movie I'm talking about right now. If you've a podcast fan, but, uh, there's a movie that I cannot watch or I'll cry. Uh, Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, so man. I go in and I do Opie's show, Opie Radio. It's me and Sherrod and Opie. And I tell him, I said, yeah, if I watch if I watch the end of Time Traveler's Wife, I'll, I will start crying. And he's like, now Opie, like, well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean this out of respect, but he's like old school shock jockery. Right. And he's like, let's get it. Let's do it. Put it up there. Let's see him cry. He didn't realize I was really going to fucking cry. And I think I made him very uncomfortable. <laughs> And there's video, it's online, of me sobbing uncontrollably watching the end of The Time Traveler's Wife. But that movie, man, fuck. Dude, I cried when I read the book, Time Traveler's Wife, and then I cried when I saw the movie. He what? really taught himself to jack off in the book? Uh, Yeah. That's fucking crazy. The book, it's, they're two different mediums, so it's always like, oh, it wasn't like anything like the book. Like, okay, fine. The movie did a decent job. The book is awesome. I mean, the book was like really interesting. Oh, I, I, maybe I should read it. Um, and I think it would—it was written by, it had the woman had to have written it like who dated a much older man or something like that. Because my girlfriend's a lot younger than me, and so you're always doing that. Like, I'll be like, oh, and I do this bit in my act of like, you know, when you date someone a lot younger than you, and you say, 
you tell them a story. Oh, I did this. And they go, oh, yeah, that was when I was six. And you're like, well, okay, well, <laughs> go ask your dad. Uh, you know. I, I, always re- I always reference it by, do you remember communism? Like, that's what people go, huh? Like, I, I, whenever you talk to anyone in the audience, you go, like, you can't, there's, just people don't remember what it was like. No. How, old, how old are you? I'm 47. Oh, okay, I'm 44. Yeah, I can't, I have a hard time talking to like twenty year olds because we have done nothing similar. Right, like we live totally different lives. Yeah, I got a computer and the internet when I was twenty five. Yeah, I was twenty five when I got my first computer and I had AOL. I was twenty one. Yeah, I was twenty one when I got my first computer and I had Prodigy. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I I didn't even understand. I was like, I really couldn't wrap my head around what the internet would do. I was like, so wait, you're telling me I basically can get sporting lines here, like the betting lines. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. So we used to just get betting lines and then check it. Hey, you want to see what the weather's like in Alaska? And you can click it and you're like, oh, it's kind of interesting. And then I remember getting, and then I, I don't even know if I even sat in front of it for longer than five minutes until I moved to New York. And when I moved to New York in 1997, 98, and that's. Like, 98, 99, that's when I was like, oh, you can get porn off here? And I was like, that's what I'll be doing for the rest of my life. And then, and that was when I got, I got really into the, into using a computer. But I was like, I was 26 years old. Yeah. If you're, you know, under the age of 30, you've probably had access to the internet since you were about eight or nine. Oh, my daughters have, Joey Diaz is calling. I can't answer it. (laughs) Coco. He and I had the same manager. We'll promote his special real quick. Yeah. Joey, I'm doing a podcast. Hey, uh, I watched your special last night. Fucking amazing, Joey. Thank you, sir. Yours was awesome. What were you you calling? Kaepernick? Kaepernick? I was fucking howling, fucking laughing, Joey. Kaepernick. 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 (laughs) All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. Coco. Uh, Joey Diaz's specials on CISO. I don't need to tell you this. Everyone knows this is listening, but if you use the code word Joey, like I did last night, you can get a free month, free trial. Oh, I have a show on CISO too, but I don't know the code word for that. Um, Joey Diaz, man, he and I had the same manager when we first lived in LA 20 years ago. Really? And so we met doing all these like showcases together and I, you know, he's just like a, he's just like a dude you have like war stories with, you know, like he's I, the best, Coco man. is is so wait where did you start did you start stand up in chicago i actually started i was a freshman at the university of arizona in tucson arizona i was 18 years old and i hold on did you start at the tempe improv uh no i started at laughs in tucson oh tucson okay yeah yeah. and the first comedy show i ever did was a u.s college comedy competition it was sponsored by doritos and a defunct gum company called sticklets and if you go to my youtube channel which i barely update but um YouTube.com slash Graham Elwood, I think. You'll see the very first time I ever did stand-up. The MC was a young comedian by the name of Judd Apatow. And you can see him in 1988 with acid wash jeans and a mullet. Shut up. Yeah, he was the MC. And How fucking crazy. I did, I did the show in, like, shorts. You know, like, plaid shorts and, like, flip-flops or something. I gotta see this. <laughs> I gotta see this. And then... then, then when, how soon until you moved to L.A.? So I, I started in college and I was in a sketch group and then I graduated in 91 and moved back to Chicago where I'm originally from. Yeah. And that's where I started working as a professional. Like that's where I started doing Zanies and all the clubs. And that's where I met like Jimmy Pardo and Mike Schmidt and Paul Gilmartin and 
all those comics. That's yeah. fucking what a what a generation. Chicago's generational. Mm-hmm. There's like chunks. Yeah, it's almost like it's it's almost like a like a flood like a fl- like a flood dam releasing, right. and all of a sudden like it'll build up with talent, and then whoosh, all of a sudden the comedy is run by Chicago comics. Yeah, really interesting. It was such a scene when I was there in the early. So I graduated college ninety one. So in the early nineties, there was like fifteen or some full time comedy clubs in the Chicago area. I'm trying to find your first time doing stand up. <laughs> Um, so I wait, I was waiting tables, but I quit that job in less than a year because you could, within a six hour drive of Chicago, you could fill your calendar. Really? Oh yeah, dude. Every Milwaukee, Evansville, Indiana, like every little mid-sized town and then every little bar gig, you could fill your calendar. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, I was not making crazy money, but I was like in my twenties, had an apartment in Chicago you know, had like a Toyota Tercel that got, you know, 30 some miles to the gallon. I'm trying and... to find this first time doing stand up. <laughs> Is it one of the first videos you put? You yeah, put up? I think so. God damn, you got a lot of videos. I don't know what you're talking about. I just don't update it frequently as I, yeah. I want to start doing it, though. I want to start doing more political stuff on my YouTube channel because I like I like my YouTube channel, but uh, I've been putting more stuff on Instagram lately. Oh, nice. I just haven't been on the road as much because I was doing like 30, 40 weeks a year for a while. And then earbuds took a lot of time and I was focused on that. It's so good, man. Thanks. What dude. did you guys, what did you guys shoot it with a five D? Yeah. 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 I love it. I love the five D it was. And we got this young camera crew, these young guys that were super hungry that had enough experience. They knew what they're doing, but like weren't overpriced. Yeah. Because I told, I was like, look, guys, if this happens, if the crowdfunding happens, we're going to go on the road. I'm going to put four of you in a hotel room. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, you know, it's going to be Subway sandwiches are going to be your meal. Like, it's not, you know, and they were like, we're in because they're all like, it was a step up for all of them. They're like either assistant cameras or an assistant DP. And this would make them full DP, full camera ops and stuff like that. And they were awesome. It was such a, te- it was such like, I felt like I was the coach of like a ba- of team. Were they podcast fans themselves? Some of them were. Yeah. And they started to really learn about the podcast community, and we, you know, we we had a sh- tight schedule. I mean, we raised one hundred and forty grand, which is great. That's not a lot of mo- mo- money to make a film. No, you know, it isn't. I mean, it's the most money I was ever in charge of, but it still wasn't a lot. So we had to like, and I did all the booking because I I'm a comic. I know how to book. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I was like, we're flying in here. We're doing these interviews. We're getting a rental car. Blah blah blah. And that was really cool. And all the podcasters who just opened up their homes or their studios or whatever to interview it was so the, i mean the podcast community made that movie they well, raised the money on kickstarter and in then a weird way you've been you've been like kind, i mean I, I i i this this will be like grandiose terms but kind of you've kind of created the community a tad bit yeah with the festival i would i would say that, I mean, that the, festivals i mean I, I remember when it first when you guys first started doing it i wanted to be a part of it so bad and then this last year, I think you asked me to do it, and I was like, I'm "You're on, on the, the road, road. yeah." I'm, and, but that's been the coolest fucking thing is when you hear one of your favorite podcasts at that festival, and you'd be like, "Oh shit, man! I would love to go to this place. Dude, I would love to go to it." We want we were we we've been trying to get you in for a couple of years now. It's just you're a road dog, so your yeah. dates. Same with Diaz. I've been trying to get him to do it. Yeah. Um, but like we will, we'll get you in, and you'll see how when you're there. Since you're such a podcast fan, oh yeah, and you have such great following, you're going to see the community. It's oh, the, I love it. I it's love the it. coolest thing. It's one of the coolest things. One of the hardest things in podcasting is to break 
is to like break new talent to your friends, to your, to your fans. Mm-hmm. Like to go, this is someone that I love. I think you should ch- start checking out their shit. And then once it happens, you see it happening. You're like, oh wow, that's really cool. And it's like, and it, but it's same with me. Like going and doing like I did uh, Chris Hardwick's podcast a long time ago. And I don't think, um, I don't think, like I, I don't he like I don't think it was received well. <laughs> like he didn't even like tweet it out that the he just released it and was like didn't like wasn't like hey guys new podcast today I was like looking for it and it just came out one day just post, like put, like almost like he was like all right, all right we put it up that I did what I said I do and <laughs> and I was like oh that would have been cool to get fans from that's but I right. I think that's a different type of fan like you know like. You know, it's weird that the, 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 and this is such a thing we, we wrestle with every year with the festival in terms of programming is what fan bases overlap and what ones don't. That's an interesting question. So, okay, so let's see. Who do you think overlaps? I think I, one of the most interesting podcasts out there right now is My Favorite Murder. Oh, my God. They were great at the festival. We had them in for the first year, it was, and it was I awesome. Think they talked about doing yeah. the festival. I listened to them talk about doing the festival. That podcast is really fun to listen to, and I've I've been given Georgia's number, and I want to text her and tell her I like it, how much I like it, I th- but uh, but I haven't because right. I was like, that's where I'm a married man. I don't want to, you know, it's like right. if I run into her, I'll say something. But that's an interesting. I feel like those people came from out of those fans came from out of nowhere. Well, they had, if I'm not mistaken, well, they did several things. First, they just tapped into the fact that like any of those like murder TV show reality TV shows are women. For whatever reason, women love them. My wife loves them. Yes. Women love them. I told my wife, I go, you'll love this fucking podcast. My wife just got into podcasting. <laughs> she just started po- listening to That's podcasts. Awesome. And I'd, li- I'd watch her walk around with her earbuds in, walk around the house. And you'd be like, Leanne. And she'd be like, huh? What? What? <laughs> I'm in the middle of something. I'm listening to something. And I'd be like, hey, you listen to a podcast like a fucking nerd. Like, <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to do it. Like, good God. What the fuck's wrong with you? Walking around the house and not interacting with people? I was like, do it by yourself. We don't listen to podcasts when you're with other people. <laughs> like she would do it like we were on a car ride and she just put her headsets in. And I was like, what? can we listen to it together? And she was like, well, yeah, but I'm in the middle. I don't want to have to start it over for you. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, that, I think people who listen to WTF mm-hmm. probably like, uh, like Nerdist, like, mm-hmm. like the, there's a genre of podcasts that I Paul that, F. Tompkins, yeah, like that. I don't. I mean, I don't listen to that one because Paul hates me. But, but I, but like, there's like those are these. There's like, I would say Doug loves movies. Fans like those two. Mm-hmm. Like they like the Paul F. Tompkins. Well, it's interesting, and, and a, a lot of it is like obviously, it's guest driven. So, I've been on Never Not Funny a lot. So I've never been on Never Not Funny. Jimmy and I talked about it a, a few times. We used to live next to each other, near each other, mm-hmm. and I'd see him at Ralph's all the time. He's like, we gotta get you on, and I was like, definitely. And I text back and forth. Never happened. I've never been on Todd's either. Todd glasses. Oh wow! And Todd and I, like Todd and I, have talked about it a lot. Todd's show. I'm on Todd's a lot. Like, I'd love to have you on comedy film nerds. I think yeah. there's there's little, and I don't want to use the wrong word here to make it sound, but there's little like clicks. Yeah, clicks is, or just yeah. I, I don't. It's whatever. not with us. It's not with us, but it is also. But like the, Ro- like the the Rogan world. I mean, it's. I think it's just different worlds. I don't know that I even use clicks. So like. The the like I've never been on Joe Rogan. I've never been. On, this is my first time on this one. I've been on Redman a lot. I know him. Yeah. I was on Sam Tripoli's a fair amount. Yeah. But like I'm not that plugged into that world. Part of it is I'm not a comedy store comic. 
I perform at the Hollywood Improv, so oh. I don't get sets at the Comedy Store. So I wonder if our podcasts are break, broken up by comedy clubs. I think it has something to do with it. It does, because you think about it, like Nerdist Meltdown and UCB are totally different genres. Like, I rem- I like One of the reasons I've known Todd Glass for so long, I've worked the improvs with him on the road. Yeah. Like the Hollywood Improv, the Vegas Improv. Todd's fans, are. I'd be interested to know who Todd's fans are, or who Todd's listeners are, mm-hmm. because... That podcast is one of my favorite podcasts in the world. I love it. I love. I do characters on that podcast. I love that. Po- there, they one. He had one podcast that I. It's like you know that you have moments where you listen to a podcast and it, you'll never forget where you were because you laughed so hard. Yeah, like I remember being in a hotel room one time in Denver, and Zach Galifianakis was telling Chris Hardwick that him and his brother has taken mushrooms and gone to the the Getty, and Zach said, "I thought the sign said." Why shouldn't you touch the marble? <laughs> and I woke up. Like, I was, like, half in and out, and I got up out of bed laughing. I was laughing so hard. But Todd and Rory, Rory Scovel is, is, is might be the funniest fucking human being that's ever walked this planet. He, him and Todd did this thing with uh, uh, the, the Red Fox. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Did you ever hear that? Yeah. Where they, Red Fox, the story is Red Fox. Came out to stage and it was dun dun dun, dun and he goes, I ain't performing for six people and started walking off and the band played the music. Dun dun dun, dun right. played it again. They did that over and over again as different characters as Jerry Seinfeld. And I was on a train in Brussels going to Amsterdam and I was doubled fucking over going that please don't let this ever end. I one of my favorite episodes to ever have been a part of was the episode I was on with Todd Glass. Where we played the uh, Lumineer song "Ho Hey," I've been trying to do it right. Yeah. Where he got a clip, they did it on Jimmy Fallon with chickens clucking. Yeah. So Todd kept playing it on this episode, and then towards the end, he just let it play for a half an hour, <laughs> and everyone in the, his studio just clucked along with it. He is. It was like. It was such a surreal, amazing moment. Where else could you do that? He took he took podcasting. I think he, I think he forwarded the art of podcasting. Oh, more than any one individual. Because when 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 he you know he was doing that show with Jimmy Dore comedy and everything else, which was cool, and they were a, they were kind of a good pairing. And when Todd started his own thing, the first time I did it, I went, "Oh, this is the purest form of Todd Glass." That's what I. It is. It was like he does. He's got a bubble machine and lights on an audio podcast. Yeah. He's all about the lighting and the mood. And, and everything is everything is is he's painted imagery of something that I don't know if it's real or not, and like almost like a Phil Hendry kind of way, right. like saying I really don't know if he did, did the show above an exotic car museum. Like I didn't know, and I would I and. Like, oh, the kid across the hall with the fucking music and the saxophone. And you'd be like, wait, this, like for, the first time it happened, I went, are you fucking si- Wait, hold on. Are you like, it was like, it was like real theater of the mind. Oh, it's. I told him, I told him, I ended up doing it uh, as a gag. But I said, you know what you should do, Todd? Do a podcast, do a live show, but do it in the dark. Cut the house lights off and do it in the dark. Because that's how we listen to your podcast. It's theater of the mind. Right. Do it in the dark. <laughs> Todd was like, I think that I have a hard time serving drinks. <laughs> I was like, yeah. 
Okay, so wait, let's go. Hold on. Uh, you're, I could do this. I could do this all day. Uh, one of the greatest podcasts ever, ever out there, ever, was comedy and everything else. Jimmy, with Jimmy, Jimmy Dore. And Jimmy Dore. Class. When he interviewed uh, Kyle Cease. Oh, man. It was like, and they held him, like, that was intense. Dude. It was. That uh, that was like, like, that sh- should have gotten the Grammy. Right. Or whatever, the Emmy. Because I was on a car ride from Sa- Sacramento driving down, and it was a two-parter. Because I think he came back the next week, and I had gotten both of them. I'd, talk, I'd run into someone, they go, whoa, 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 whoa. You haven't heard the Kyle Cease podcast? And I was like, no. Motherfucker, that was an amazing podcast. Yeah. That was an amazing podcast. I mean, like, defend yourself. You're yeah. kind of exploiting young comedians. Defend it. And it was like, it was, it was, it was like, it was almost like good journalism. You know what I mean? Because it was like, that's a thing that, that if you're not in the comedy community, you might not know. And a lot of us feel like, I mean, I definitely feel like the comedy class thing is kind of nonsense. You got to just go on stage and do it. Yeah. Um, I understand that there's some people that, need that class structure to help to, sure like to get their foot in the door oh now i can now that's how i can get on stage for them. well i get it but i would never recommend to take a class no just write some jokes get on stage if you don't have the balls to just write jokes and get on stage and you shouldn't be a comedian yeah i agree with that 100 percent. like that man that there was that period where kyle came where kyle was doing that and putting it i think it was my spaces around yeah i remember tom Scrooge was at my house having dinner and he walked in, and he walked right over to my computer, and he's like, tell me you haven't seen this yet. And I go, what? And he goes, Kyle Cease? And I went, no. And he went, you're going to love this. <laughs> and then clicked the fucking trailer of the, the, you know, the class, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, this only gets better. Have you not read this letter from Doug Stanhope? And I was like, no. And he goes, oh, you're going to have the – he goes, I think I should probably just go home now. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. That was like, god damn it. You think about that like uh, – I hosted a bunch of game shows. I could have made a killing teaching hosting classes. How to read teleprompter, how to bump out to commercial. I could have like how, how to, to hold how a to cu- sell a show. One of the one of the things that they don't ever tell you, but it really helps sell a show, is you have one moment where you get up off the couch, you're like, hot damn it. That yeah. goes in a trailer and it's like a little buzz moment. Yeah. There's so you're right. You could teach a class about hosting. I could I could have made a killing, but I would have hated myself. Yeah, I mean, you're taking money for people that are, you know are just going to fail. Yeah, real people host just go out and host, right? Or you know, be- and so it was like, so uh, yeah. Oh, I want to do it now. You just made me think of an idea. I want to do a documentary on me about um, you know how like people go, you do a documentary about a comic, but do a documentary about a host who just can't stop hosting. And I'm like going into Starbucks. And I'm like, welcome to Star. Like everything is a host read. With a ch- with a choice of three drip coffees, thank you. I'm Bert Kreischer. I think I'll take the like. Just can't get out of his fucking way hosting. I I have been taking general meetings with networks this past month, and uh, I think I'm I think I am not selling myself as a host because I go yeah I don't do fucking reads. I go hosting's changed. You look at the internet. Yeah, it's what's what blows me away so much is like all these kids pretended they wanted to do something different on the internet and youtube they're just doing exactly what television shows were doing with these fake prank shows and fake prank fake social experiments and so many shit casey neistat is i love casey neistat he's one of my favorite guys to watch Mm -hmm. bummed that his vlog went away but it was like such a ego driven fucking jack off fest where you're like 
good God, Casey. Like, go back to showing me how to organize an office. But, like, <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, that's why I love podcasting because I, I don't, like, I, I get pissed off when someone gets into podcasting and they, they don't understand the medium yet. Or respect it. Yeah. And like the, we've had, and we've dealt with this at the festival. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's like a big name celebrity who gets into it, and they're not getting into it for the right reasons. They're not getting into it because it's like I need this freedom of, of expression. They're getting they're into getting it because Norm Pattis brought them into it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or they're or they're yeah, their manager went. You need to podcast, oh. and they don't understand. They don't respect it. We've oh. had some giant name people at LA Podfest, and they had fourteen people in their room. Yeah. No one, no one came to their show, and they, and they they're technically a bigger star. Yeah. But then than Jimmy Pardo, but Jimmy Pardo's room is packed. What do you think about Anna Ferris's podcast? Have you listened to it? I have a little bit, and I think she's doing it the right way. But why by d- putting out putting everything cutting everything in half so she gets double the numbers and gets up on top of the charts? <laughs> That's well, what she's doing. I, I, I know. figured it out. I, you, if you just say this one's thirty minutes and there's another one thirty minutes, they're going to download both. Right. They want to hear the whole fucking interview. And you get double the downloads, so you're on the top of the charts. That's smart. It's cheating. <laughs> Anna, someone tell Anna this. I love you, Anna. I think you're amazing. I, she married Chris Pine, didn't she? Yeah. Oh, I've already sh- I've shit on the whole family today. I think you're fantastic, but put one episode up. I want to know how good you really are. <laughs> <laughs> I can't measure myself based on your fucking un- unqualified fucking standings. Well, that, whatever. I mean, I... I applaud anyone that's finding a way to jump their numbers up. Yeah. God bless you. Me too. What do you think about her podcast, though? I think it's like, you know, she seems like she's doing it for the the right reasons of someone of that. Like, her and her husband don't need ad read money from their podcast. So why do it? She's doing it because she wants to have that expression. She wants to have that outlet. And that I give you respect for. Because you know this. We all know this from traditional media is very structured. You have to be this. You have to be that. Traditional media, you know, they give you the TV show. They give you the part in the movie. They yeah. give you the money for the film, which means they can take it away. Yeah. We've all had shows canceled, yeah, you know. Every one I've ever done. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I've done over 300 episodes of TV. And yeah. nobody, you know, NBC's not canceling L.A. Podfest. No one's canceling my podcast. No one's canceling this. No one's coming here and shutting down the man cave. It ain't fucking happening. No. Earbuds, we 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 look we did festivals and we're you know, we look for regular distribution, but we knew it needs to be on Netflix. It will be. Yeah. It will be. We knew eventually if we don't get a good deal, we don't have to sign a shitty distribution deal. We can sell it on our own website which we've been doing, and yeah. then we knew we did the research. We can get it on iTunes and Amazon and Netflix, and we'll just roll it out like we were a big fucking studio. Yeah. And no one is no one is telling us how to do it, or, or no one is getting in the way or preventing us or whatever. It's our movie, and we're selling it our way, and it's, it's the greatest. It's aggressive. It's the best feeling, you know. It's one of the things that I, I connected with probably most in this was that um, Adam Carolla, I heard him reference, uh, this is my pirate ship. I get right. to do with it what I want. And it's, it is being, it's being Blackbeard and taking your pirate ship wherever you want to go in the open seas. You make your own fucking rules. Yeah. I, if I want to do these stupid, silly, character-driven reads at the point, I'll do it. If I want to write a song and make fun of Tom Segura, I'll put it on my podcast. If I have a weird interaction from stage, I'll pull it, put it on my podcast. This is my thing. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. And it's like, 
It's one of the things like like my, my, my buddy uh, does the show Hot Ones. Ever seen it? Mm-mm. It's really great. Sean Evans, he's mm-hmm. my buddy through the show, obviously. But I'm a big fan of the show. I did it, and then someone, some uh, show in Australia, stole his idea. Basically, you eat ten progressively hotter wings. The last one's fucking, uh, uh, and he asks you questions, and your mouth's on fire as you're trying to answer them. Right. So they really catch you off guard. Like you, you do end up saying stuff you didn't plan on saying. Right. Because like I don't know, man. I talk shit sometimes. And he's like, oh great. So the show stole it, and I was like, fuck. I'll have, I'm going to call, have Sean call in to my podcast and talk about this thievery and getting, I'm posting it today and we're going to fuck in. So I grabbed my Eleanor Kerrigan episode. I have Sean call. I post it immediately and immediately it's taken down. All the fucking sites, this other show's taken down. They don't do it anymore. And you're like, fuck yes. Rally yeah. the goddamn troops. It's, it's, I mean, look what, look what you can do. You can do, I mean, you know, Mark Marin and Adam Carolla and some of those guys fought the trolling people. They yeah. fought them, and they, they essentially won. I mean, it sounds like it's still sort of in flux, but they basically beat those guys down. Did you go? Did you go to the to the fucking superhero meeting at uh, Adam Carolla's house that night? No. Did you hear about it? Uh uh-uh. uh Red Band went. He told me about it. Basically, it was all the top podcasters in the country at Adam Carolla's house to figure out how they were going to fucking fight this patent troll, like Rogan. Marin, Corolla, just fucking everyone. I heard. Yeah, I oh, that like, Marin talked about it. We interviewed him for the, the the doc and he said that. Like Hardwick, I think, was there too. Yeah. And And you're like, whoa shit, man, that's a lot of what are the top podcasts? I guess it's gonna be Corolla. The top comedy ones. Oh yeah, I don't look I don't listen to any other one. <laughs> because just so you know, the NPR shows are doing millions of downloads an episode. Yes. However, uh by the way, coolest moment of podcasting uh, ever, probably. Uh, I get an email from a, a, a woman who loves my listen to my podcast. Mm-hmm. Big fan of your podcast. Love your book. Um, by the way, my husband's got a podcast called This American Life. <laughs> if you want to, I'd love to hang out this weekend and, and maybe we can we come to right. one of your shows. Hanging out in the green room in New York with Ira Glass and Anahid, and we're just bullshitting and talking about. Like, it was fucking, and we're talking about podcasting, we're talking about numbers, we're talking about, like, advertising, and me and, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Those and, NPR shows are making crazy money. Yeah, I wonder, I, yeah, those, those, I mean, This American Life is possibly one of the greatest pieces of entertainment mm-hmm. that is ever being published anywhere on a weekly basis. It's what they're doing and, and great you can say hey they brought their npr you know terrestrial radio audience to to okay great but now they've gotten this whole and it's a whole it, that's another separate world like the people that i think obviously there's some people that listen to comedy podcasts that definitely listen to the npr ones too but the npr world kind of has its own its own like freakonomics type yeah people. those shows it's a different yeah. type of a that's my wife uh well, the fucking what is the one was the one about the murder Oh, cereal! Cereal. That's the one that got my wife. Those so my wife listens to NPR, and they're like, "You should check out cereal." And then she started listening to cereal, and then she was like, "Marin's got a lot of the crossover." Yeah, Marin and NPR are the same group. I'd say Corolla. I don't think he shares fans with Joe. I don't think Joe and mm-hmm. Corolla have the same fan base. I think they're very different. Yeah, fan bases. I think. I think. Well, Corolla just brought over his radio people, a lot of them, and then he cultivated that because his radio show went off the air. And he just said, okay, come over here and download it. 
And so he he kept a lot of those people yeah. that he had sort of been cultivating from like the man show, then the radio and everything else like that. And I think, it you know, some of the Corolla, it's weird. Like I was just on, you know, his wife and Stephanie Wilder Taylor do that show for crying out loud, which is a parenting show. They're two women that talk about having kids and parents and stuff like that. Corolla's wife? Yeah. She is fucking beautiful. Yeah. It's dude. <laughs> Fucking one of the things makes me more angry than anything. I saw a picture of of him and his family for like some going out to some Christmas party, and I was like, his wife is fucking gorgeous, <laughs> like gorgeous. Like I, I think I even told him that when I I had him on my podcast, and I was like, well, and but I was like, your wife is really pretty. He's like, yeah, yeah, and he didn't, you know. <laughs> His wife's gorgeous, but you did her podcast. Yeah, I did her and Stephanie Wilde Taylor just for crying out loud, and you know they're sort of it's interesting because they're part of the Corolla network. But then their show was mostly listened to by women, where I would say his fan base is primarily male, yeah. you know. But it, it's so interesting where the fan base has come from, how people find your show, what overlaps, what doesn't. It's really, you know, obviously we got a lot of fans because I, I was a guest a lot on Doug Loves Movies. I, You know, I wonder, I don't think I ever, like I do Doug Loves Movies a lot, and I've probably had a couple of the more, I, I definitely have one of the most epic Doug Love movies ever where me and him got in that fight and it was fucking insane. Thank God he put it behind a paywall because if he'd given, gone out to everyone, my Twitter... When was this? I don't even... When did this happen? Oh, you haven't heard about this? Uh-uh. Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> uh, we we were in St. Louis and uh, I came in off a flight and I was definitely drunk, but I wasn't like drunk out of control, but I was just buzzed. Right. And I came in with 200 cheeseburgers and I was like... I just bought 200 cheeseburgers or 100 cheeseburgers, 200 cheeseburgers. And I walked in and I was like, I'm going to bring them on the stage. It'll be my whatever. I don't know. And Doug's like, I don't want you doing it. And I didn't hear him say it at all. And so he brought me out and I walked out with the cheeseburgers. And he goes, I said, I didn't want you doing this. And then he brought him in. And then I went back and got him back out. And then he and it went back and forth. And then, and, and then I fucking, and then I got him again. And he, he said, walked off stage and he was like, I'm, I'm trying to be fair and balanced about this because I definitely – I Shane Torres told me, he's like, you were a little out of control. So Doug's like, no, and he just walks off stage. And then I was like, I'm going to go get him. So I go to the green room, and he's clearly upset. Like he's not – it's not a joke. And I'm like, okay, I fucked up. He goes back on stage. I'm like, maybe I should just leave. Then I go, or maybe I'll just walk through the showroom with my shirt off. And so I walk through the showroom with my shirt off, and Doug fucking loses it on me. And it is, and it's very fucking real. When did this happen? This is uh, probably four months ago. Wow, five months ago. I've done I've done Doug Loves Movies since, uh, and Doug and I Doug and I did a podcast on my episode on my podcast. We released a podcast the next day in my hotel room of us talking about whether or not we could still be friends. It's one of my more downloaded episodes because it's very real. Wow, it's it's there's no podcast to it. It's just. The fucking out the surround mic, and it's just me and him going like, you. It was like, it was really fucking intense. It's a really intense episode because we're being very real, and I I did not know what was making him upset. He, I didn't. I explained to him what I like about Doug Loves movies, and it's not the gameplay. I like right. to fuck around in the beginning, and I go, I don't even listen to the game, Doug. Like I turn it off at the game, <laughs> and he was like, he goes, yeah, but. There are people that like the game. 
And I was like, yeah, I know. But when I'm on the show, like, I like the chaos. And he's like, some people hate the fucking chaos. And I was like, and it's great. But then he goes, I'm going to put it behind a paywall so that I, he goes, I don't want just people being able to download it anywhere. I mean, it, by the way, just get, I, I, if I, I'm not saying this to my fans, don't, if you're my fan, don't fucking listen to it. You may hate me, but you would like, you would be fascinated by this episode. Well, I, yeah, I was on the road with a guy for a while, and so I have my own, uh, yeah, I've had my own arguments with him on and off stage, yeah. so part of me might, I don't know, part of me might be like, yeah, Bert, go for it. I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I'm doing, I, I, I don't know when I'm releasing this, I might, I might release this tomorrow, but I, I'm going to see Doug again very soon. And do it again. I like doing Double Gloves movies. It's it's a blast. You know, I don't do it as much as I used to, but so it makes it even more fun now when I do yeah. it. Because I don't I, like doing it. I like doing it. I like when we do it on the road. Yeah. Like when I'm on the road and he's on the road and we meet up, I like those. Are, those are fun. But um, but yeah, that uh, those pot those are like. I don't think I've ever pulled anyone from that group over to my podcast. It's a specific group, you know. That it's it's interesting, like. You want to talk about crossover. This is an interesting thing. So, like, I was on the road with him for a long time, and um, I didn't get the as big of a following as I thought I would because um, I'm not a stoner. Like, I'm sober. And so the stoners would think I was funny. Yeah. They left my set. Some of them would even buy my merch. We did we did San Francisco together. Yes, we did San Francisco yeah. together. So like when I opened for him as a stand up and doing Doug Loves movies, so the stand so his audiences were always filled with stoners and film people. Wait, did we do DC together for Doug Loves movies one time? No, we did. I, we did another city. Yeah, I can't we, remember yeah, okay. where. It wasn't DC. Maybe it was. I can't remember. We did well, somewhere you, together. You you were you were in you were in get, uh, super high me. And yeah, and um, the high road. Yeah, the high road. Yeah. Um, but there's a great example. So I'm I co-star with him basically in the in the, you know he's the star and I'm the co-star of the high road. Yeah. And um, it it wasn't like because it's a stoner thing. I'm funny and I'm I mean I'm in a giant chunk of that movie. I didn't like I have eighteen thousand Twitter followers. You would think all those years of being on the road with Doug, I would have a hundred thousand. Like I look at like like the Rogan guys, all you guys, Ari and and Coco. Oh, I mean, that's Brody. That's a very interesting statement. Uh, that is, oh, I, what you're saying is really fascinating because there is a massive crossover when you when you are on Joe's podcast. Right, those guys go immediately and subscribe to your podcast. It's interesting. So I didn't get those numbers. I think part of it was the stoner, and then when I was on Doug Loves Movies, now. We did comedy film nerds did get a fair amount of his listeners because we're that would be that it's would be a, it's right per, up their alley. It's perfect crossover. Yeah. But like sometimes on Doug Loves Movies it's sort of adversarial. And now part of that is the performance of it. Like your your podcast should be immediately crossover ability. Because like I would imagine listening to this podcast that anyone's like, Oh shit, I love movies. I want to fucking Right. This will be really fun hearing two guys break down what the movies they saw that weekend. Yeah, you would think, but um, I noticed too with Doug's podcast is the only podcast where every time I do it, just about, not almost, not every time, but most, I would say 70% of the time, 
I'll get people that say, oh, I love having Graham Elwood on, and I'll always get a couple like, fuck you, I hate ha- listening to you. Yeah. It's the only podcast where I've heard that. I, Nowhere uh, else do I hear that. It's a very it's a very peculiar thing. It is really interesting. I get some people who, when I'm announced, they, they cheer, they make... You know, when I was on the road with them a lot, they put my name on the name tags, but then there were some people... Part of it is, like, I would do this whistling thing that made Doug mad, and it would, like, pierce people's ears, so that would piss people off. But, like... Um, and then if I would, Doug Benson is such an interesting fucking guy. It was so, it was so unique. And then when he started doing, when he started doing the, uh, yeah. And then part of it is like, cause I, cause I, you know, in, in following sort of watching the Rogan world, Rogan himself is a very like, Hey, support this guy, go to his show on the road. Yeah. Like Brody told me it helped with his ticket sales and all this stuff. Doug Joe, part Joe's of- got an open door policy with his friends. Like, like when my specials coming out. Joe's like, of course. I mean, dude, one of the coolest, most heartwarming things ever. We do the End of the World podcast, which is probably one of the biggest things I've ever been a- attached to ever. Mm-hmm. Me, Bill Burr, Stan Hope and Rogan, and Fitzsimmons on stage. And the first words out of Joe's mouth when the show starts. Ladies and gentlemen, The Machine, his hour special airs this, this Friday on Showtime, November 11th at 10 p.m. Make sure to check it out. The first words out of his mouth. And then... We did a podcast the very next day. We did the end of the world podcast. We hung out all night. And he was like, let's do another one. We want to support this hour. When I first did his podcast, I remember as we were doing it, my phone would not stop buzzing. Mm -hmm. And I was getting followers. I got in the car from just doing his podcast and the the live stream went out. In the car, I had 3,000 extra followers when I got to the car. When I got home and they posted it that night, the next morning I woke up. And I was like, I was at 10,000 followers. And I was like, holy shit. Like, and it skyrocketed. I mean, I got to like, I want to say I got to like 50,000 followers on Twitter right after that. Yeah. Like, so sort of like the part of Doug and I's banter on stage that was funny was we'd sort of, there's a lot of ball busting. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes that would translate to, oh, here's, you know, he'd be like, time for the plugs. All right, Graham's always got a lot of crap to plug. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I was like, uh, hey, guy that makes three times what I make, I need to fucking eat, you know? Like, <laughs> hey guy that makes three times what I make. You know, so that was a thing that was sort of, and then when he started doing the, the Getting Dug With High on YouTube, that brought in a very different audience, the YouTube audience. Um it's so funny because I really, I, and I've said this out loud a lot, Getting Dug With High is one of my favorite podcasts. One, It's a great video podcast, mm-hmm. but I enjoy it more as a podcast. Like, <laughs> there have been times in there, because like, it really is this thing. Some people get too high and they don't know what they're fucking saying anymore. And like, I remember there was one comic, uh, I won't say his name, but he was talking about touring with another comic. And they were like, Man, crazy shit must have happened with you guys. He's like, yeah. One time, this girl went to like back of the bus, and she she wanted to sleep with the one guy, but they sent me in, and I fucked her. <laughs> Doug's Ooh. like, I think that's rape. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, 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 it's not right. And then it was like, I was like, holy shit, I oh, could not Jesus. stop fucking laughing. I was like, I think you're talking about sexually assaulting somebody. But like, that's what I love. I love. I loved getting dug with high. I would never do it because of the girl, my daughters. Right. Well, I wouldn't do it for a long time because of Travel Channel, and uh, and now I I think you know I don't know maybe I'd do it. I don't know. But but that's an interesting group of podcast listeners. Like they're they're really like 
independent, unique users. They're, and they're not Doug Loves Movies fans. Right. They're a completely different thing. It's Doug such- Loves Movies fans aren't just stoners. I mean, they, yeah, I think... Some of them are, but some, some of them are movie fans. Fuck yeah. They're knowledgeable movie fans. And they're, a lot of them are really into the gameplay. Oh yeah! Like they 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 <sighs> want they want it played right. They want they want contestants that are knowledgeable and smart and like get into it. They yeah. really really want that. And I think that was part of it too. So like there would be like this adversarial thing between me and Sam Levine, and so and Doug played that up and was like hashtag Team Sam or hashtag Team Graham. So then people would be like fuck Elwood, you know. Yeah. So it was like a it was a very unique thing. Like I. I still do it every once in a while. And he's like, yeah, when earbuds is ready, come on. And that's cool. Uh, But it's a very, there's no other show like that. There's nothing. There's nothing. He, you know, he's, he's carved a very unique path for himself. It's it's genius. The 420 shows on Saturdays. Now he's going to, he's got the high courts coming out, uh, is his new TV show. Oh, really? Central. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but like, he's really carved a unique path for himself that it like, like I, and I've said this to him. I've, I'm sure if, if I hadn't, haven't, then I'm doing it definitely now. But the only reason I started doing the call and sick to work shows was because he was doing these 420 shows and they were selling out. And I noticed that they were events. They weren't just like a stand-up show. It was a fucking event. And, dude, the thing that was so smart about it, like I was on the road with him from from like 08 through f- 14, basically. And it was like 20, 2009, 2010, around there, 10, he was like, I'm done doing full weeks at shows. Because we would super uh, high me had just come out. So like Thursday night and Sunday night at the clubs would be the stoners. But then Friday, Saturday, sometimes you just have regular comedy. I remember like a woman like in Grand Rapids was came out and complained to the manager that this this guy's talking about drugs too much, you know, like and he was like, I don't want to battle these people that don't know who I am and get offended at pot jokes. Segura said that he was like, I'm tired of fucking performing for people who don't know me. I know. He was like, he's like it. You should know me. I don't think he said that in that so many words, but he stopped doing weekends and, and was like, I'm just going to do one-nighters and just have my fans come out. And I told him I thought that was short-sighted because I, th- I said, I think when you the, the benefit to doing the weekend at the club is you, you get fans. That's how you yeah. get people to see you do your thing. And he was like, I don't see that benefit. He was like, I say you get fans by putting out specials and doing a good podcast. Segura... And I, that you want to talk about really interesting crossover. We don't have a lot of the same fans the way you'd think we would. Mm-hmm. Like all my fans, everyone that listens to my pack, my podcast loves when he's on my podcast. But when he started doing the, the when we started doing the fat shaming contest between the two of us, it, we were both stunned by how many people did not know we were friends. Like, wow. And yeah, and we're probably he's probably my closest friend. But people just didn't know. Like he had a group of podcast listeners that did not know Burt well, Kreischer. Th- well, that's a great. That's so. It's so funny because you can think you have an idea, but like I don't know how many times I would go, either open up for Doug on the road or do Doug Loves Movies, and people. I'm going to do a show with him in just the end of this month down in San Diego. I guarantee you, I we'd go to these cities and people would come up to me and go, "Wow, I didn't know what you looked like." They'd listen to me on his show a million times. And they never once thought to like get your special. Nope. Or never it. Google it. Never, never Shut add up. me. Never follow me. And I'd be like, I go, you know, if you just type in comedian Graham, 
you're going to probably find, you know, yeah, there's I'm not, wonder, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, when I'm with Doug again, I'm, you got to get out of here. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll wrap this up, but like I, my podcast, okay. The only two things I'm going to ask you left is, uh, I was going to say, do you find your, do you find podcasting numbers have increased in the last say, uh, say year? Um, Oh, I gotta send this text real quick because sure. I'm doing another show. Hold on. Oh, sorry. That's okay. It's my fault. I I end up getting into these conversations yeah, and they keep fucking awesome. keep rambling. Um, my podcast numbers have increased astronomically in the last year. Like, and I feel like, and I was talking to Rogan about it. I think more people are coming to the medium and more people are finding podcasts. I also think that the Tom and his fat and Bert is fat war that went on. I think that was ultimately good for me. Because I think I, I had a lot of people this weekend going, I didn't even know who you were until I heard Segura making fun of you. And then I've heard and then I'm now a fan. And you're like I think I think I think it's a good point. I think more people in general. So five, six years ago there was some statistic that something like seventy, eighty percent of the population didn't even know what a podcast was. Mm-hmm. I think that number is coming down because you have things like serial got mainstream media attention. Obama on WTF got mainstream media yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah. So I think more people even know what it is. Now, taking earbuds to all these film festivals at every, and I did Romania, I did Napa Valley, I did yeah. all these festivals. At every screening, there were people who knew nothing about it and just saw a podcast documentary in the program and were like, what is this? How do I get involved? And, you know, I'd always say, pull out your iPhone, you have an app. And they'd be like, no. So fucking easy. And they'd be like, no. I'd be like, yeah, you do. It's purple. Press it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, you just signed up for podcasts. Yeah, there you go. Sign up for Comedy Film Nerds. Subscribe. You got I've, it. I've done that to so many people. Wait, I don't get this podcast. You go, subscribe. Oh, there you go. I just lined you up to five. Start listening. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it'll be on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I can, when, when, do they, when do they premiere? They don't. You just don't come out. <laughs> fucking idiot. What channel? There's no, just fucking, it's on your goddamn phone. Can I get it in my car? Uh, can you hook up your fucking phone to your car? Cause yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Do you listen to music off your phone? Well, of course. Same thing, friend. God damn it. <laughs> so, but no, the thing I've noticed though is, and yes, comedy film nerds numbers have gone up in the last year. I think we've we've done some stuff like we started buying Twitter followers, not the fake bots, but like the Twitter advertising. Like if you like Kevin Smith. Listen to comedy film nerds and and stuff oh, like that. Smart. We noticed we because we we noticed a, a, a fall off a little bit in our numbers like a year or so ago. Really? We were like, what the fuck? I want to buy followers. It's you go through Twitter because you don't want to buy fake followers. You want to get engaged fans. So what you do with Twitter is you go in and and you say who should like this. So we you pick about ten or twelve accounts. So we were like Kevin Smith, Chris Hardwick. Um, AMC movies, you know what I mean? Warner yeah. Brothers, you know, yeah. like, and so if you follow Martin the Skrillex, yeah. whatever, whatever his name, Martin Skrilly, what is his name? Scorsese? No, no, no. It was the guy that bought the AIDS medication and made it $700 a pill. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> but just, yeah, subscribe to that guy. Santa He's, Claus. <laughs> it's great. Like a fake Burt Reynolds Donald account. Trump. Yeah. I'm just going to buy all the wrong ones. To get the I'm looking worst for people. all the fucking. I'm looking for all the toxic Twitter users. Yeah, the worst people. I'm looking for trolls. <laughs> <laughs> I just want trolls. All my followers are trolls. So yeah, you go through that anyway. But like, yeah, and we, and we noticed too. Our show, we put the title of it, when we talk about a big movie, we get more listeners. 
So if we talk, you know, like if if, because we'll just say episode three twenty five, you know, uh, you know, Captain America or whatever. But if we do like an indie film, it gets less. So yeah, it's. I think it's gone up. I think more people are into it. What uh, what what last question and we'll plug some dates. What episode uh, would you suggest people to go to and listen to as their introductory episode? You know, I would listen to one of the more. I mean, there's. You know what I would tell the listener. Go to our catalog and find a movie that you really liked or something. Arrival. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that one. Go do that. That's what I would say. Go through our catalog and say, oh, this movie. I want to hear you guys talk about that. Or if there's a guest you really enjoy. Zootopia? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, the Reverend. Suicide Squad. I'll listen to that one. Yeah. I'm downloading that one. All right. Um, and then uh, what, where can people watch a movie? So Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, is currently exclusively available at ComedyFilmNerds.com. We sell standard def and high def downloads. And also you can download a, uh, a bonus features. It's about an hour extra content. DVDs we're pre-selling. Those will be done in the next couple of weeks. It's taking us a little longer. And then it'll be on iTunes and all that stuff in a couple of months. But if you want to get it now and you can see Bert. Talking oh, yeah. mad knowledge about my, one of my favorite lines in that is like uh, I said something like, "Oh yeah, I've talked a lot of shit about people." Oh yeah, and you can't talk shit about anybody anymore. And then you hear Red Bounding, ah, you hear his yeah. laugh. <laughs> it's fucking. I love that how that whole came together. You just walked in and we had the camera rolling and you just started talking and it made it into the movie. I fucking love the whole thing. Uh, I fucking Paul F. Tompkins and I still won't speak because of that. That's so fucking great. Guys with feelings and fucking how, how long ago was that I fucking know. podcast? Oh, well, thank you for doing this, man. Dude. Congrats on the movie. It's thank fucking you. fantastic. Please send me the uh, password again because I want to watch the end of it. For sure. Um, and uh, and I can't wait to listen. I got a flight Wednesday morning, so I'll be listening to, uh, to uh, which one did I just download? Arrival. Yeah, ComedyFilmers.com. Yeah, you can I'll get the podcast the there. You can get the film. Follow us on Twitter at ComedyFilmers. I'm at Graham Elwood. Uh, and yeah. We'll have you on Comedy Filmers. Please, please, more than some trailers. For shit's sake. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.